0: This is the Shift Podcast.
1: Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Canadian Gold Medal Decathlon Athlete and Gold Medal winner from Tokyo, Damian Warner, joins the Shift. He shares his journey to Olympic Gold in Tokyo, his nomination to Canada's Walk of Fame, and what it's like being married to another mega athlete. Also, we dive into how he plans to eat this Thanksgiving too with the help of Clubhouse. James Bond is back in No Time to Die. And finally, it's here. Steve Stebbing reviews Daniel Craig's final outing as James Bond and looks at more movies to check out on the weekend this weekend. Plus, are you okay with cats? Even if you're a dog person, could you love a cat? I don't know. It's all coming up here on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. It is time for Are You Okay? Ooh. Are you okay with cats? I hate cats. I'm more uh, of a cat I know we've person. been over
2: this a million times. Dog person. I, I will say cat TikTok is very cute. And I can see the appeal of... I think I've I've appreciated the appeal after watching Cora, Laura's puppy, grow up. Is there so much work. And it kind of seems nice to just have this fluffy little animal to be able to cuddle up with for a little bit. But at the same time, I know it's just going to scratch me and... and eat my eyeballs. So,
0: Well, I... here's the thing with me. They take care of themselves mostly. I like that. I yeah. yeah. Dogs are too needy for me. Point. Again, I like other people's dogs. I love other people's dogs. I love to pet other people's dogs. But it's too needy for me to take care of. Cats That's fair. go off and do their own thing, like me.
1: Yeah. Uh, great Dane yeah. videos on, on TikTok are way better than cat videos, in my opinion. Um, you know, the last cat video I watched, the cat walked up to the lady. Uh, she's sitting there drinking a cup of tea. Cat walks up, grabs the tea bag string, pulls the whole thing over, burns the lady. Like that's that's a cat for you. The last Great Dane one I watched, the Great Dane stands up, gives the owner a hug. That's the difference between cats and dogs for right? me, <laughs> right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's a good anyway. point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is this about that cats, the the normal cats, or this kind of cats? Oh man! It's about that Cats kind of the Cats. musical. My yeah. mom loved it. Had has a weird legacy. Um, it's one of the most the Massot musicals, most Masat famous. Wow. The what? Oh, so one
2: of the most common typos. You should be able to read past that one by now, honestly. I should it's either should Massot I? or Jesut. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's true. It's one of the most famous musicals ever made, despite not really having a plot, just being a collection of songs and creepy costumes. It doesn't matter if you like the musical, because almost everyone agrees that the movie adaptation of the musical is one of the worst movies ever made. Well, since we've been talking about worst movies ever made on the show today, let's throw that one in there, too. The film was panned by critics who criticized the visual effects, editing cat design performances, plot, and screenplay. It is, I mean, it wasn't a great movie at all and someone texted in saying Shane didn't like the movie last time either just because we put it on the thing doesn't we have to pretend we like it there's a lot of crappy movies
0: out there I think you're becoming the guy who doesn't like things that used to be my role now it's you sorry buddy no these are just bad
1: movies they're bad movies (laughs) they're bad movies wow okay I mean there's great movies we just haven't been talking about them lately we've only been talking about bad ones the cats had terrifying faces in this particular show the original cut of the movie showed the cats buttholes Quite prominently. Whoa. But that is a real life yep. thing, in all fairness. Yeah, I mean, the is. one thing you can't escape with a cat is its butthole. It yeah. shows it to you always. No,
0: it's true. I actually had a cat that's tail was the wrong way. Like, it held its tail over its back, basically, instead of like, oh. okay. so it was constant, <laughs> no. constant view of that area of the cat
1: <laughs> the <laughs> film was also a box office bomb and is estimated to have lost universal's pictures approximately 114 million dollars the creator of the original Ooh. musical andrew lloyd Webber, really hated it too
0: the problem with the film was that Tom Hooper decided, as he had with Les Mis, that he didn't want anybody involved in it who was involved in the original show, he told the newspaper. He adds, the whole thing was ridiculous. Weber is listed as an executive producer on the film, and the Tony winner teamed up with Taylor Swift to write a brand new song for the movie titled Beautiful Ghost. In a behind-the-scenes featurette, Weber explains that he felt the original song needed to be included in the remake after he first read the script while the song received a Golden Globe nomination it did not win and was not nominated for an Oscar
1: that was from an interview in 2020 but a new interview with Variety Lloyd Webber made his most brutal brutal, brutal criticism of the film yet cats was off the scale all wrong Lloyd Webber tells Variety there wasn't really any outstanding any understanding of why the musical ticked at all I saw it and just thought oh god no it was the first time in my 70-odd years on this planet that I went out and bought a dog. That's right. It was so bad, the creator of Cats went out and bought a dog. Wow.
2: <laughs> that is fantastic. What a great way. It's like he
1: was kind of punishing himself with a reward because he got a dog. <laughs> it's good stuff. And I, I love movies. I, there are so many great movies out there that are mm-hmm. that are dynamite. Um, the Adjustment is, Bureau yeah. f- for me is one of the movies Girl, that is one of the best, movie. well-written movies ever. I, I you know, so there, there's all kinds of good movies yeah. we can talk and about.
2: It's a good point. Noting just because you don't like the movie back to back, we might land on a movie next week that you all love that I hate, and that's the cool thing. That's why the AV yeah. Club is fun. Is movies are like art. It's a spectrum. We don't all have to agree, and it's fun when we don't. Like It's great conversation. I love it.
1: It's true. We even don't have to agree, wrong. even though sometimes some of us are right. <laughs> okay. See what just happened there? <laughs> all right. It's Are You Okay? This is fun. Um, it's Are You Okay? Let's just get this next one. Let's start it out with this.
0: You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me Godfather. Said you come into my
1: house on the day my daughter's to be married and you ask me to go. Well there is a See, classic movie. There's a classic movie that um, really digs into emotions and all those things, right? I mean that's a that's a fantastic script.
0: Well, boredom's an emotion. Oh, yeah,
1: killer, right? Boredom is an What em- is boredom? Yeah, it's an emotion, it? yeah. It could be, yeah. So is falling asleep, I suppose. Um Speaking of all of these mobster movies, though, are you okay with the mobster movies? I love them.
2: Yeah, nine nine times out of ten, uh, I think mostly because it the people that make them are tend to be the best directors alive. It's kind of like a rite of passage, I think. Uh, Scorsese and all them. Uh, I mean, yeah, I haven't actually watched that many. I haven't.
1: I still haven't seen The Irishman. I, do that. I love them. I do. I love them. Yep. I, the mobster movies to me are great. Donnie Brasco. Do you want to talk about oh. one of the best movies of all time? Oh yeah.
2: Love right? that movie.
1: So this story would make up, this story would make for a very different kind of Martin Scorsese mobster movie. But first Ryan has this,
2: this letter written by an inmate inside the notorious Alcatraz prison is full of longing. The incarcerated author misses
0: his beloved son. In that letter, he refers to my dad as dearest son of my heart. Over and over again, uh, he tells him how much he loves him and how much he misses him. And when they're reunited, they'll never be apart again. Uh, it reads almost like poetry. The letter was penned by
2: Al Capone.
0: Huh. Wow. Huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That... Wow. Right? Just because you're a killer doesn't mean you can't be poetic, I suppose. Huh? Hmm. This is a story about the most famous gangster of all time, Al Capone. That letter is part of an auction of his many personal items that will go up for sale later today. Here's more from Reuters.
0: These are not the words or the, the ideas of a man who is uh, a ruthless uh, Gangster, these are the man, the words of a loving father.
2: This picture shows Papa as he was known to them, relishing his freedom with his family after serving seven and a half years on Alcatraz.
0: Papa is holding my youngest sister, and my older sister, Ronnie, is in front, and I'm right next to her. I was the second oldest. And uh, this picture was the last one that was taken before he passed away. He died a month later. The picture is
2: among 174 items belonging to the Capone family that goes up for auction in Sacramento, California on Friday. Brian Withrell is the consignment director for Withrell's Auction House.
3: The items that generate the most interest are the ones that you think of synonymous with a figure, a gangster figure like Al Capone, his guns and his fancy flamboyant jewelry. So, yeah.
1: Wouldn't you be a little bit worried, though? I mean, for example, okay, so the auction is supposed to show the more human side with the letter and all those things, but Al Capone's uh jewelry was beautiful, like the watches, the pocket watch, the Diamond uh, Patek Philippe pocket watch, listed for $25,000, $50,000. But then again, on the other side, there's his favorite Colt pistol. It's Colt forty-five. Hundred to hundred fifty thousand, but wouldn't you be a little bit worried just in case, like CSI picks it up and there's like striations, and then they figure it out that like this was actually a murder weapon? And you, I mean, if you had it on your wall and you could say this is Al Capone's gun, it could have killed any of these people. But isn't that kind of evidence and weird? No, just me. That's why I didn't thought about the
2: crime angle of that. I mean, mind you, most of these cases have been. This is a long time. This is almost what 19 that was the 1930s that he was big like we're getting up there to like almost a 100 years since al capone was a gangster which is actually weird to think about uh like i don't know if those cases would even be bothered to be looked at anymore i the idea of actually owning something that al capone owned though in of itself is crazy to me i
1: don't know if i 1926 you're right It's almost 100 years wow that's mind blowing. It's, it's, um,
2: it's a neat though that the the family have all these things, and it's it, it is interesting to read a letter that is so not what we think of with Capone. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and when you look at it from the from the tax evasion, because income tax evasion is how they tried to get them, is the same way they try to get sort of gangsters, if you will, today. Right? They can't get you on the typically the thieving and the killing and the racketeering. They always try to get you on tax evasion. Which is that's how they started anyway. It's interesting. A vintage hand-colored silver uh, print of Al and his son, Sonny Capone, is expected to go for ten to fifteen thousand dollars. It's cool stuff. I, some of the stuff you wonder. Maybe they need to get rid of it. Maybe they don't want the history anymore. But there's some cool stuff there. They
2: actually explained the reason they want to get rid of it is uh, financial. Uh, they're wor- and they're worried. Uh, because of where they live is prone to wildfires. And they're worried that all of these things would be destroyed in a fire if it really? hit their home. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's a cool story. I like those movies. Those mobs. I like biker shows. Uh, Sons of Anarchy as a show, for example, was a fantastic show that shows the inner workings of what they believe those crime organizations look like. So I love those ones. Those are cool. Are you okay? Are you okay with Damien Warner?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. he kind of that picture of him standing while literally everyone else around him has collapsed at Tokyo 2020 is one of the most iconic Canadian sports photos ever. It is amazing. And Mm. uh, yeah, the fact that he was able to do what he did and his story is so sweet. Like, yeah, that was a
1: that was an amazing moment for Canada and for him. Holy crap. Well, he's not only an Olympian. He's also now being inducted into Canada's Walk of Fame. Walk to fame? <laughs> walk of fame. <laughs> did I write walk to
2: fame? Yeah. yeah. Well, he certainly yeah, walked, he he walked, jumped, ran, leaped, yeah. and all the other things mm-hmm. to fame at the Olympics. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It's a typo! It's a typo!
2: Damn
1: it. Uh, each year, Canada's Walk of Fame celebrates Canadian X excellence and achievement in the areas of arts and entertainment, entrepreneurship and philanthropy, humanitarianism, science, technology and innovation, and sports and athletics. I would like to acknowledge that Ryan spelled all of those words properly misspelled most. Uh, Who is Damian Warner? Well, he's a dad. He's a runner, a jumper, a hopper and all those things. He's the Canadian triath- uh He's not the Canadian triathlon, not triathlon. gold medal winner. Nope. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the it. other one. Oh, he's no. the Canadian decathlon gold there medal winner. You missed seven different events. He did this
0: in winning. Warner also surpassed 9000 event points for the first time in his career, a personal best now also stands as an Olympic record. It's something only 3 others have accomplished in the history of the sport.
4: It's just it's so gratifying to see him on the big stage perform so admirably and and get the the medal he deserves.
1: What is it like to be nominated and to be put into the Canadian Walk to Fame. And along with these people, Julie Black, uh, Salome Bay, Brett the Hitman Hart, Graham Green, Bruce Coburn, and Keanu Reeves. What's that That's like? A class. That's a good class. Damien Warner is part of that class, and he will share his feelings on being included in that class. Coming up here with us in about... 30 minutes-ish. We're going to talk to him. And we're going to find out what it's like for Damien. And uh, find out what it's like to be a uh, decathlete. It's cool. (laughs) I can tell you this. He's a very, very cool guy. He's incredibly well-spoken, and it's it's pretty amazing. If you had to pick one of the ten sports, which one do you think you'd be best at?
2: Um... A podium. Just standing <laughs> podium-ing. on the <a> podium. Podium. <laughs> <Yeah, Yeah. podium-ing. laughs> uh,
0: I don't know. I would say running, but the problem is he does quick running in short bursts, and I do long running slowly. Right. Yeah. So. Right.
1: Well, the <laughs> longest run is 1,500 meters for men's decathlon. Women's decathlon is not quite the same. Uh, they do javelin, pole vault, discus, they do 110 meter hurdles. 400-meter sprint, high jump, shot put, long jump, and 100-meter sprint. That's a
0: lot. Yeah, maybe shot put, I'd say. I think it's just shot put.
1: They do five events in one day. So, by the way, here's your day. Jump some hurdles, uh, throw this discus, use this pole, jump over that stick, throw this javelin, and by the way, run a kilometer and a half. Have a nice day.
0: This is The Shift Podcast. There's
1: a saying in life when we try to create who we are that we can be a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. Well, there's a guy that Canada was really, truly introduced to just a few months ago that seems to have flipped that thing right upside down and somehow became a master of all the things. And his name is Damien Warner. Uh, Damien has mastered so many different disciplines um, inside athletics. Us old folks who call it track and field. Um, that he won all the things. Damien, congratulations on your Olympic run, on all of your accomplishments. And uh, and wow, I got questions for you, my friend.
4: Uh, hopefully I have some answers. <laughs> How are you doing? You're doing well? I'm doing well. It's been a crazy summer for me. Uh, yeah, it has been I mean, a crazy so. summer. When you think about like 12 months ago, I wouldn't think that I'd be here right now with the Olympic record, Olympic gold medal, a son. And yeah, my life is kind of kind of flipped a little bit,
1: a little bit. Um, let's start with everyone's introduction, true introduction to you. Tokyo 2020, uh, 2021. I have a hard time calling it 2020 because because <laughs> mm-hmm. that it all worked out. Um, you went, you conquered. And for me, watching you compete brings me back to um, one moment. And I don't even know which which event it was. I was one of the running ones. And everybody that you competed against basically collapsed and was lying on the ground. And here's Damien walking around looking like you just warmed up with your handsome smile on your face and you crushed it. That was my experience that you gave me during um, the Olympics winning all of it and, uh, and your medal. Tell us about it. What was your experience?
4: Yeah, I mean, this was my third Olympic Games. Uh, The first one was special for many reasons. You know, it was the first time that my mom and dad ever got to watch me compete live. Um, Walking into a stadium, those are the first two people I see in a stadium full of 80,000 people. So that was extremely special. Uh, Rio was obviously very special because I got to stand on the podium for the first time at an Olympic Games. That's an incredible honor. This one was like a little bit different because we had to wait a little bit longer. Uh, family wasn't there, uh, but we were able to go there and get the result that we were looking for. And it was just, a, yeah, it was, it was special, you know, like you have a plan. Me and my coach worked on a plan for, for a very long time, but it's, it's very rare that the plan works out exactly as you planned, which sounds weird, but, mm-hmm. uh, it was, we felt like we were in the driver's seat the whole time. We felt like we knew what we were doing and it was really awesome to get the result we were looking for. So Why? why did you choose
1: so many sports? Are you just indecisive in general or you like lots of things or were you just, I don't, were you too good at too many of them to not do,
4: you know, the whole set? Indecisive would probably be the best word. Yeah. Uh, But you know, (laughs) like I started out in high school as a a long jumper, triple jumper, high jumper. Um, From there, I kind of dabbled in the sprints a little bit, but then I, I just, started to get a couple of injuries. I started to think about moving on from the sport. And that's when I was introduced to the decathlon. So it kind of found me. Uh, and then I did as much research on on YouTube and watched some other athletes learned as much as I could and kind of just trusted the people around me. And when you start to get better at things, you start to like it a little bit more. And that's what happened to me. Like I'd go to some competitions and win and see the results that I was looking for. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And uh, through that whole process, it just kind of kind of hit me. And now it's just like a full blown, full blown love for the decathlon. And it's just like, a, it's, it's for those that don't know it, it's a it's a really special event. It's one of those things where you're in a way you're always losing. Uh, but it's some something about it just keeps you coming back.
1: Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of work. And I don't want to sound overly lazy. But I mean, when you when you have someone um that runs 100, 200, 400, like Andre, something like that, right? I mean, he gets to focus on adaptations of the same thing. And now yep. I'm not an expert with this, so please feel free to correct me. Um I get winded going up the stairs. Um but like Andre focuses on andre degrasse focuses on his running in in like that, right? He's got the 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 short sprint, the long run, everything else. For you, you're talking lateral training, jumping, running. I mean, there are so many different aspects of it or maybe I misunderstand, maybe they're all so incredibly similar that that it allows you the space to do it. How does it work?
4: Yeah, it's tricky. I, I think like definitely since I've taken up the decathlon, I've had a better appreciation for people that do individual events, just because I understand how tough it is to do each of these individual events at like a, a world-class level. Uh, but at the same time, the decathlon is is extremely tricky for exact reasons that you mentioned is that all the events are so different. Like if you, if you go to the Olympics and you watch a, a 1500 meter runner, they have a specific body type. Uh, same if you watch the shop, but they have a specific body type, right? So, um, it's very tough as a decathlete to be able to excel in these events or try to do the best that we can when we don't necessarily have the body type for them all. Um, and it's just like a a constant juggling app. We're trying to manage different things and manage body weight and manage training for the hundred meters, but also trying to improve our 1500 meters. And on paper, it doesn't work. Um, but you just try to do the best that you can and hope that when you go to a competition, things work out in your favor. Does it get better when you set your personal best like you did? It does, you know, and one thing that we we talked about is that setting the personal best for like the 100 meters and the, the, sh- the shot put and the long jump, the events that come early in the decathlon sets the tone for the rest of it. So we got off to a rocking start uh, and it kind of puts pressure on the other competitors where they feel like they need to be at their best and Mm -hmm. you feel like you have a little bit of wiggle room. So uh, it's all about like taking the pressure off yourself. And uh, I feel like that's what we did.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I mean,
4: I, I don't know what
1: this is like for an athlete. And it's an honest question when I say, if you go win a gold medal and you're the best in the event, right? I mean, you have a long list of them. You've got Commonwealth, Pan American, all of those, but if you go win a gold medal and you didn't achieve your personal best, I would imagine as an athlete that kind of sits with you a little bit going, I could have done better. But if you go out and you win a bronze medal and you set your personal best, that's
4: probably incredibly rewarding. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it shouldn't matter because like at the end of the day, you're looking for the win. But I remember one of my first big wins um, as an international athlete was in Austria Um, and it was pouring rain that year. And a lot of the top guys dropped out and, and I won the competition and a lot of the narrative was around me winning the competition with like the lowest score that was ever recorded in that competition. Right. Um, So we started off this decathlon and, and uh, I could see that Kevin Mayer, who was one of my top competitors, wasn't necessarily at his best. Uh, And as the competition went on and I saw that I was winning, I was thinking like, what's going to be said about this one? You know, like, are people going to say like Damien won the competition with the lowest points ever recorded or Damien won? What is, what is going to be like the catch? on this one, that's going to kind of um, take away from some of the, the the work that me and my coaches have put in over these five years. And luckily enough for me, I was able to go out there and get the Olympic record where it kind of uh, squashed all that talk uh, if it was going to come up and uh, just really proud of my team, really proud of myself for going out there and putting the best performance that we had uh, on the biggest stage that there is.
1: Walk of fame. You've been added to the list. I mean, so here's this, this boy from London, Ontario, who, is now going to be included in Canada's Walk of Fame, which was just announced. Uh, Congratulations. How does that land with you now when not only have some of your records and and various accomplishments inside the athletics part and decathlon, but now you're actually going to literally be nameplated into Canadian history just as a Canadian.
4: It's, it's very cool, but it's very weird, yeah. um, especially when you consider the other guys that are being inducted, you know, Sir Frederick Banting and, um, yeah, Keanu Reeves. I grew like I grew up doing the Matrix thing when I was in, in high school. Yeah. And stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, but then also growing up, I grew up, I spent a lot of time in Strathroy, and me and my cousins loved wrestling, you know, and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart and all that kind of stuff. We had, like, his little action figures, and we fight in, like, this little plastic ring, and it's, it's crazy that I'm going to be with those guys in that class. Um, but just like, just as like, I was asked to do like the, the closing ceremonies as a flag bearer, um, uh, getting this honor as well. Like you kind of feel like you don't necessarily deserve it because I don't feel like my career's over. Um, I feel like there's still a lot that I want to achieve and a lot that I have to learn in the sport. So, um, I would hope that one day that I could get there. I didn't necessarily think it would be this soon, but I'm extremely grateful and, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Cool. Uh,
1: more Olympics to come. Are we allowed to ask that question? Is this a top yeah, secret? For sure.
4: No, no secret at all. Um, I think that, like I was saying, there's still so much more that I think I have to learn in this sport. And I think the beauty of the decathlon is is that as long as you're able to stay healthy, uh, there's so many different skills that you can improve on. Like we were talking about earlier, that they're all so different and we only have so much time to work on each of them that there's always room to improve. So as long as I'm able to stay healthy, there's there's still some more points out there for me, and uh, I think that I'm able to accomplish some good things. So, um, yeah, we'll be at Paris 2024.
1: If ever there was a decathlon event where it was uh, chasing a six month old Theo around the house, (laughs) um, would you be a master
4: already now that you're a new dad? I I don't know about master yet, but I'm getting there. He's a, he's growing rapidly, you know, Uh, he's, he'll be seven months on Thanksgiving and he's right now, he's, he's crawling around like a maniac and we have like a little push toy and he's like standing up, pushing that, walking around. And it's like, we thought it was cute when we first saw it, but Mm. now we have to chase him all around. So it's like. It's insane. It's insane. You
1: get all excited at first, right? And then all of a sudden you're like,
4: my (laughs) house isn't safe. (laughs) You need (laughs) to change stuff. (laughs) Today he climbed up two stairs. Like we were just kind of like just supervising him, watching him. Like, what's he going to do here? And he goes up one step and then another step. And I just had to pick him up. Like you're not going to that yet.
1: No, no, not yet. (laughs) Dad can't handle this yet. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Although it would be a great, uh, it'd be a great photo for your Instagram or something with you with a stopwatch, him pushing his push toy. (laughs) Faster, faster. You could do it. Um, Thanksgiving this weekend, Damian Warner. Um, what's up for you and your family? Do you get to see your folks? or Are you able to kick back and, and relax and, and enjoy the, those pieces?
4: Yeah, so I'm, I'm in Ottawa right now. So um, we're at Jen's mom's house for our first Thanksgiving. Uh, just like many Canadians, I'm sure people have multiple Thanksgivings. And um, yeah, it starts now. So I'm getting ready and uh, getting excited, but uh, I partnered up with, uh, with Clubhouse over these these holidays and they have a campaign going right now where uh, they're encouraging Canadians to get outside and, and take their Thanksgiving meals outside because they did a survey and it showed that uh, 50% of Canadians are thinking about spending some time outdoors over these holidays. And uh, they've come up with some really creative recipes uh, to get Canadians started.
1: I like this. This is fun. You know, one of my personal, I've always wanted to have the Thanksgiving camping weekend and do like the deep fried turkey and just be out, you know, I'm more of a glamper, I'll be honest, (laughs) but, but to be out and be able to enjoy that outdoors for Thanksgiving, some places in Canada, it's a little easier than others. Um, So what, 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 what would yours be? I mean, deep fried turkey is a big one for me. It's a, it's a free pass. I imagine for the pie, what are your goes? No goes if you were to, uh, to do something like that.
4: You know, I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty plain type guy. You know, like I like the Turkey it's stuffing's my go-to, uh, but I, I have to have the pumpkin pie. You can't take that off my list. That's pumpkin pie and some whipped cream. I'm set.
1: That's it. That's it. What's your, what's your no-go? What, where do you land with Brussels sprouts?
4: Uh, you know, as a kid growing up, I, I used to be super stubborn. So like I'd be sitting at the dinner table and my mom would, uh, put some Brussels sprouts on my plate and she'd be like the classic you're not leaving the table until you finish your brussels sprouts. Right. Sounds like, like <laughs> 6 hours go by and I'm still sitting at the table, you know, like <laughs> this is not a battle that you can win. I'm in full control here. Um so but I've come around on brussels sprouts. I like them now. Turnip is still my uh one that I'm a little bit unsure about.
1: Yeah. I was curious as an athlete, because you have, there's been many days, I'm sure, that you've sat down and looked at your plate and said, and had to tell yourself, this is for the greater good. This is for the <laughs> great I'm so sick of this meal. This is for the greater good. So I'm curious where something like Brussels sprouts would land with you, because uh, last night on the show, we had a text uh, from Angelo, and he had said, you know, Brussels sprouts are great. Just fry them in bacon fat or with bacon. And I'm like, but you don't like Brussels sprouts. You just like bacon. That's all that is, right? Like, nobody actually <laughs> likes them.
4: Just mask the taste. Yeah, that's it. That's all you're
1: doing. And then, then you're like, I love Brussels sprouts when you wrap them in bacon. Well, sure. You know, I like tequila when you put lime juice in it too, in a salted rim, it. but I don't often one, drink it One straight. thing
4: that you can be assured about with these recipes that uh, Clubhouse has come out with, they're they're pretty tasty. I've got a, a chance to try some of them and mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of Canadians will like them. And I think that the cool thing for me is that uh, usually over the holidays, we, we spend some time with our family. So my family usually has like kind of a family reunion style get together, uh, but obviously with like with with what's going on still and, and gatherings being a little bit limited, and uh, Jen and I having Theo, we're trying to find some new traditions. So mm-hmm. uh, this is a good way for us to get started and get outside and try some new things. And yeah.
1: Well, let's touch on those here because, um, inside this survey that they did with the folks at clubhouse, this is fun. Nearly one in four said they'd bring a Turkey leg to go. If you were going to do the Thanksgiving picnic style, uh, Turkey leg to go, could you do the Turkey leg? Would you just stick to the, I like the skin and the, the, the breast meat and stuff.
4: Yeah. Um, I would probably just, I I don't know if I'd take the whole Turkey leg. I think i would just grab some, some pieces of it, some stuffing maybe. And, some potatoes, get that cake, that that uh pie in there and you should be good to go.
1: Some of the other recipes that they've tossed out there, these are great. Um pumpkin pie spiced pumpkin seeds, which I don't even that sounds fantastic, but just pumpkin seeds in general, that's a good Thanksgiving snack. I would toss that out there. There is the Central Canada's maple apple granola recipe. The that ultimate is it? Yeah, that uh, was very- really Really? Um, the ultimate granola is one of those things that if you can master it and get a good recipe, you'll probably eat it for a very long time. I've noticed that. And, it, and it's one of those out.
4: things where it's just like, I'm not the greatest chef. I was able to make it. It's, uh, that shows that it's pretty simple to to create.
1: Okay. Um, ultimate leftover chicken, uh, chicken, turkey sandwich. That sounds fantastic. Uh, okay. Mr. Muffin, man, um, portable <laughs> stuffing muffin. Yeah, how does that land for you? Is that good?
4: That was that was that was my favorite out of all the all the ones. The turkey sandwich is a close second. Uh, I didn't get a chance to try the marshmallows that they have yeah, on there. Those those were pretty that. amazing. Um, but yeah, the the stuffing uh, stuffing muffins were very very good.
1: Well, go to the clubhouse website. You can find all of these recipes uh, for what uh, Canadians could do. Get outside, have a little bit of fun, and um, you know, see the family and be a part of it. Um, Damien this is cool, man. You have accomplished so much. You have done so many things and you did it with a smile on your face. And I think that that's one of the coolest part that, um, that everybody gets to experience from our point of view. I mean, you have this just absolutely glowing smile. It's a delight to see it when you, when you, you share it with people and when you're running and jumping and doing all of your decathlon things, um, it really does light up Canadians. So, I mean, the walk of fame thing makes sense to me, even though you say, well, Keanu Reeves and Brett, him at heart and, and those guys. So Do I you thank you for that. that. Um, yeah.
4: No. Can I just one, yeah, go ahead. What you were saying um, going into the games. One thing that I really wanted to accomplish was to have a good time because the lead up to the games wasn't necessarily a great time. There was some times where I felt stressed and sometimes where I felt like, my goals weren't necessarily going to be achieved and it was tough for myself. And I'm sure like a lot of, a lot of Canadians just with the lockdowns and how things were going. And I said that it would almost be ashamed if I spent all my life and all this time towards this specific goal. And I went to this place that I've been training for my whole life and I didn't enjoy it. Um, So I made it a a conscious effort to go in there and have as much fun as I possibly could. And I'm obviously very thankful that I was able to accomplish both of those things.
1: When we talk about Jen, uh, your partner and Theo, uh, your boy and, you know, your mom and your dad and, and all of these people that are in your life. Um, what what makes you the most grateful today? Um, through all the things. This can be Damien's personal life. This can be the dad life, the partner life. This could be the decathlon. This can be, you know, gold medal winner. Um, what, what do you really settle with when you put your head down at night and, and go, wow?
4: Well, you know, obviously my family. Um, my mom, I feel like raised me extremely well. She taught me some great things. My brother and my sister, they've always been there for me along the way. Um, but I'm extremely thankful for the decathlon because through the decathlon, I've met Jen. Uh, we had Theo, uh, I've met my coaches. I've met most of my friends that I've been with, uh, so many different people in my life has all come from this journey of pursuing the decathlon. And I feel like I'm thankful for that because it's, it's, it's gave me purpose. It's given me something to strive for and work really hard for. It's taught me like uh how, what you can achieve if you work really hard and you have a dream. And that's uh, something that I'm going to teach Theo uh, as he's growing up to, to find something that he really loves to do and know that if he works hard, then anything is possible. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people uh, right behind him to catch him when he falls and point him in the right direction.
1: You know, some couple's thanksgiving type you're outside you're doing your outside thanksgiving picnic toss around a football play a sport right like you see those things all the time when you are uh you know spending your life with a former hurdler um and you do hurdles as part of your decathlon which way does it go does it go into you know i can beat you at hurdles Cause I mean, I'm guessing you're both particular, you already admitted you're stubborn. So I'm going to say you're probably both particularly competitive or do you challenge and say, you know, something like shot put, but you can't throw this, this that far. Like, how does it go? Come on, be honest. Cause I want to know. Yeah.
4: So we, it, it's very interesting. So like Jen and I are usually on teams with things. Uh, we've, we've played a couple of games of hide and go seek, you know, like where some of her cousins and my sister and all, all of us came together and we just decided to play this big game of hide and go seek. And I was, I excelled at that as a kid, you know, I was faster than most of the kids and I could just run away. Jen, her strength is like, she could just run for a really long time. So she was it. And she was going to chase me. She didn't sprint after me. Like most kids, she's much smarter than that. She just started jogging towards me. (laughs) And she knew that she couldn't out sprint me. She was just going to run until I had to stop and she was going to catch me eventually. So she was pretty stubborn that way where she was just going to chase me down. And since that day, I don't really play hide and seek with her or tag or anything like that. She's (laughs) onto me. You know, I'm surprised more people haven't taken that route uh, throughout my life, but yeah, yeah. it shows how smart she is, how special she is.
1: Yeah, that's very smart and that sounds like uh sounds like a fun couple to be a part of. Uh Damian Warner, congratulations on the walk of fame. Congratulations on your goal. I will say to you, thank you so much for providing that. It was a lot of fun to watch and you know, at these these times today where, you know, we've been through this federal election, we've got the pandemic things and everything that's been thrown at us here. Um it really was an opportunity a highlight of the summer to be able to watch you and enjoy your success. So that you gave to me and you gave to all the Canadians uh, to do it and and uh, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving, sir.
4: Hey, thank you very much. And I wish you as, as well and uh, hope you and your family stay safe. This is the Shift
1: Podcast. Steve, how you doing? How you feeling? You're a little rough, hey, you got the cold.
3: Yeah, I got a cold last week, and I'm still uh, feeling a little bit, little bit under the weather. Um, uh, I can feel it in my voice a bit, but uh, I'm ready to talk movies. I I missed last week; like it felt like a piece of my soul was missing that I didn't get to to vomit out my my reviews. That's what I call Mm -hmm. it.
1: Vomit. I don't know if that's the case. Mm -hmm. I think they're pretty good, but I would go this way. You know how (laughs) many movies? Do you know how many movies I got to watch this week?
3: One long one. Half, because it took two weeks to watch the damn movie. <laughs> I, I I have no regrets. I, I feel like me and Ryan are on the same page, and I know we'll get to that, but I have no regrets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, the movie was uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and uh, Shane is displeased. Let's talk about something positive first, shall we? Um, With What the Hell Should We Watch This Weekend, Is Steve Stemming. Uh, The first clip we're going to hear is No Time to Die.
3: The world is arming faster than we can respond.
0: Where's 007?
3: I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this.
0: The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You a double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee.
1: Tell me about it.
3: Yes, this is uh, Daniel Craig's final film as Bond, uh, the definitive end uh, to his arc as the character. Um, and it's got a lot of ground to make up because it's got to repair the damage. Uh, that Spectre did to this story because Spectre was just, in my opinion, absolutely god awful. And I mean, we're talking long movies. This movie is two hours and forty five minutes long. I just saw it tonight. So I short. I really I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, Daniel Craig is great. The action is awesome. Uh, and uh, director uh, and and co writer Carrie uh, Joji Fukunaga, um, his he's now like just unbeatable he's just a, a filmmaker that everything he's done has absolutely satisfied me in every way Uh and uh, i mean it's a neat wrap up of this story um the villain though i'm feeling like i don't really like rami malik like the more i see him do uh i mean bohemian rhapsody aside and mr robot aside I just, I'm not enjoying him in things. Um, But that said, this is a cool movie and uh, people should check it out.
1: Two hours and 45 minutes is short enough to still watch two other sitcoms before you're done with the good, the bad and the ugly. So just saying. Um, This text comes in from Larry. Larry, um, I'm going to clarify it. AV Club, with all of Shane's bitching about how long the world's greatest Western is, I thought that he skipped work last week just to finish watching it. Disappointed to hear he only watched half. No, Larry, I didn't watch half. I watched all of it. It just took me half each week to get through it all because it's so bloody long.
3: Shane, you're going to get ratioed. What's that mean? That means that people are just going to are, are, are going to try to dunk on you for your hatred. Oh, that's fine. Right.
1: I, I will actually lean into what Larry says. He says, um, the world's greatest Western. That doesn't mean it's a good movie. I had someone else say to me too. (laughs) My, my, uh, friend Martin in Ottawa, he said, um, he's like, it's a classic. And I'm like, it is a classic. That doesn't mean it's a good movie. Just to be clear. (laughs) It's okay. So we'll get to that. Don't worry. All right. Oh, Larry, I watched all of it. Believe you me, I had to give up all kinds of things (laughs) to watch that stupid movie. Next on the list. Uh, there's someone inside your house.
3: You're in my house, so I can legally kill you. This isn't who I am. This isn't me.
0: Seems the killer
1: wore a mask of the victim's face and was intent on exposing intimate information. The
0: action pace took a knee on the field of life. Hope well, they're serving fireball up in paradise, brother. Now I wanna die.
1: A killer in your house who wears a mask of your own face, that's pretty good. Yeah.
3: Yes, and uh, it's a nice rollout for Netflix to get a good slasher film to start out uh, the Halloween month here. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool storyline. Like, it's uh, small-town America, and basically uh, kids in this high school are getting picked off one by one uh, and having their kind of secrets revealed at the same time. And every time one of these kids are killed, the killer is wearing a mask of their face. And, uh, I mean aesthetically it's so pleasing so well shot the soundtrack is really great uh and the director uh behind this patrick bryce uh he's no slouch when it comes to horror because he did two really cool uh netflix horror films called creep and creep 2 that are done on like almost like a found footage uh type of style and um i mean he is just really excelling in horror and i can't wait to see what's next
1: I don't even like scary movies, and that sounds cool. What a cool idea um, for uh, to have your the face in the mask thing. Okay, on Blu-ray, Space Jam is out on Blu-ray already. Fantastic movie. Let's hear a new legacy.
0: Welcome, King James. I am the king of this domain. This is the serververse. What'd you do to my son? Where's Don? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. Pete, send this clown to the rejects. <laughs> Wait.
4: What is
1: this? Ah! I'm a cartoon. Space Jam is fantastic. I loved yes. it.
3: Tell us about yes. it. Yes, I really like the first movie, the Michael Jordan movie, a lot. I th- I thought, I, even watching it again recently with my kid, I thought that it it still like has like that really cool nostalgia to it, and it's just fun. And I love that Bill Murray comes on and does whatever he wants. I really just think that's a lot of fun. <laughs> this movie felt soulless, complete, just like like they were showing off all Warner Brothers' intellectual properties. They were, yeah, and and the, I just didn't feel like there was anything beyond that. There wasn't any kind of soul within it. There wasn't any kind of uh, um, originality or any kind of like message behind it. It just being like, hey, look at all the stuff we got. Cool, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. You-
1: It was, no, I think you're right. I think to me, it looked like they were trying to sell all of these legacy Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers shows like Animaniacs and whatever to a whole new generation of people that would be interested because of the video game stuff. And the video game part of it, like the add ons of the game, that was kind of fun, right? The power ups and connecting it that way. But that's what it felt like to me. They were selling these old ideas to a whole new generation to reboot them.
3: Yeah. I thought there was like some cool ideas that they played with, but just a lot of it just felt kind of vapid um, and, and like some borderline inappropriate in some parts because like if you look in the crowd uh, you see Pennywise from It is in the crowd um, the four droogs from, from Clockwork Orange like what kid is going to pick up on on these like ultra violent rapey thugs in the background like I don't understand I, it was just like them throwing everything at that crowd scene and it, that was in their catalog I just thought it was super weird
1: uh it was uh, but we will acknowledge the hard work of um of Eric Bauza Bauzilla uh, yes. as he was the voice of Bugs and Daffy and Tweety and a long list of Marvin the Martian like a long list of the characters in that show
3: and he does them super well it doesn't seem like it, it seems like a mel blanc uh like impression almost like that like to a T and uh n- kind of not off like Kermit's voices now for the for the muppets
1: Yeah, no, it's fantastic, and so many characters, and he's proudly Canadian too, which is kind of cool. Okay, on the list here, let's we have time for one more here, so we can get into this. uh, Av one, we have you can pick, Steve. We've got Night of the Animated Dead, uh, Muppets, Haunted Mansion, and Escape of the Undertaker, all Halloween related. So the rest we can also save for next week. So,
3: um, which one do you want to do right now? Uh, let's do uh, Let's do Muppets uh, Haunted Mansion. If I can't do Fried Berry, let's do that one. All right.
0: Welcome to the home of fear and fright, where not all guests survive the night. The lucky souls will live to tell, and those who don't will rot in. What's oh, the matter oh, with you? You
2: oh, can't oh, say oh, that. This right. is a family show. What are you doing?
3: Welcome. Foolish Muppets. To tonight's very special Halloween
1: challenge. Sounds scary, sounds fun, and it's great that the Muppets are still standing up for all the kids who are watching.
3: Absolutely. And this is just an hour long special really quick uh, with a bunch of uh, guest stars like uh, Will Arnett, uh, Danny Trejo. Uh, this is also one of the final performances that uh, Ed Asner gave, uh, who just passed away recently. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's combining uh, uh, things that Disney owns at this point, because it's combining the Muppets and Haunted Mansion, uh, because uh, Gonzo and uh, Pepe have to uh, kind of spend the night in the haunted mansion it's kind of like a dare and uh i mean it's fun it's it's the it's the muppets and i love that the beginning of the movie starts off that they're all at a costume party and uh kermit is dressed as miss piggy and miss piggy is dressed as kermit it's kind of (laughs) perfect